0: Hello and welcome back to the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast. I am so happy to be back chatting to lots of lovely plant-obsessed people about their stories. From flower farmers and allotment to some of the greatest garden gurus, listen to us chat about the things we've done in the name of plants, from our biggest achievements to our fabulous garden fails. This season is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers who have something for everyone this Christmas. Visit them in stores across the UK or at moleonline.com now to make the most of their fabulous offers. You'll find discounts on items like thermal garden gloves, pruners, pot-grown trees and the perfect gifts for this Christmas. So head over to check out these items and many more. In this episode, I chatted to the lovely Danny at Plot 81 and we ended up having a big conversation about the importance of doing things for you. Whether that's going foraging in the woods, leaving a job that isn't right for you or adding a wood-fired bathtub to your garden. Magical. I've loved watching Danny's allotment adventures over the past five years and it was lush to have the chance to chat in more detail about some of the things that have inspired me the most including her permaculture herb spiral. I know you're going to love this one so without further ado here's this week's episode. Hi Danny welcome to the podcast
1: hey Shannon how's it going
0: yeah good thank you how are you yeah really good thank you good how has it been in the lovely frosty weather we've been having this week
1: I love it I love the snow me yeah I just get my 12 layers on and just get out there yeah I really really (laughs) like it
0: you are like the queen of layering I remember us chatting before about how you'd learned to layer and how to how to beat the cold
1: yeah I like we went skating last night at a park and this skate park is like known for being colder inside than it is outside and none of my friends will go there in the winter but we went there last night and everyone was freezing Kirsty, my friend my best friend she was like danny it's impossible we can't sit in this <laughs> and like, after five minutes i was totally fine i had like, about four layers of thermals on I gloves you know you just gotta prepare for the weather and then I mean, you're fine yeah
0: absolutely and it's all about layering because like I was at the farm on Wednesday and I'd gone in about six layers and by 10 minutes into shoveling my compost yeah, off, I was off and... yeah I was down to like a sports bra and like one layer and I was still sweating like I could have yeah. taken more off but I was like well wow, I can't really take much more off it
1: does make such a difference like my friend Kirsty, she was just in a couple of big hoodies you know mm. but I had about six thermals that were all tucked into each layer underneath and it's like no air can get in, you are secure.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> fun, yeah. yeah, no, I love the hot weather.
1: I mean, I love the hot weather, but the snow is just, uh, it's just beautiful, isn't
0: it? It's quite magical. I find it's like it feels almost out of this world when you kind yeah. of walk into like a glistening field and it's all like snow
1: capped Yeah, especially when you go to like the woods or the allotment as well, where it's not had very much footfall and everything's yeah. still seen you know, and all you see is like little fox prints or something. I just think it's so
0: pretty. Definitely. And I think that there's something so satisfying about those first few prints in the yeah. snow and like the crunch Ow. of the snow beneath your feet. Yeah. So I
1: went to the allotment yesterday and there was little fox prints into my shed and it just made me think, <laughs> oh, did you have like a lovely little like night's sleep in the warm, like, yeah, just feel quite that nice. So for the I, always leave the, I always leave the shed doors open when in the cold weather just so mm-hmm. animals can have a little hidey hole to sleep in.
0: Oh, that's so cute probably not very secure but they have a good night's sleep i hope well so far i'm guessing you've not had any problems so
1: no and i feel like it's the sort of thing isn't it like if somebody's going to break in to your allotment they're going to break in whether you've got a shitty you padlock on your, yes. on your door. do
0: they? you know what i'm so glad you've said that because my allotment neighbours always bang on to me about how i didn't have a padlock for maybe the first three four years i was there <laughs> And then someone bought me a padlock because they were so concerned about my shed. And I was like, it's literally plastic walls. Like, they just yeah. have to kick through it <laughs> and they would be inside. Like, that lock is just, um, or get, get a screwdriver and you can unscrew yeah. the bit with the lock on. Like, it's not, wouldn't be I mean,
1: it might that much of a challenge. And stuff, but, I mean, if someone wants to break into your place, they're going to break in regardless, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, so try not to worry about it.
0: Yeah. I always used to say I was like there's one, there's there is never anything valuable enough for them to do anyway. And if I have a padlock, I feel like it it almost makes you think that there must be something worth keeping there. in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean my door is so dilapidated. And I feel like if they're gonna break it into any, they're gonna be broken into Fred's who looks pristine. Yeah, or like Ryan's who looks great just up the lane. Like my door looks like, you know, there's nothing in there. Yeah, they're gonna go
0: for the prized property. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the neat hedges and stuff, aren't they? <laughs>
0: Um, So can we go right back to the kind of the beginning of your gardening journey? Where did you first fall in love with plants?
1: Oh, I fell in love with plants as plants, probably um, when I was much younger. So plants as plants. um, I got into very much from books when I was younger. So my mum had all these like herbal books and like herbal medicine books. And she wasn't very much into it, but we just had all this stuff laying around the house. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just a nice geek, so I just used to love like going out <laughs> and collecting all the plants and making my perfumes and you know all bits and pieces like that. So I think as plants, as plants, I started getting into when I was probably about nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, growing, I didn't get into until maybe nine years ago now. Oh, okay, um, but before that came foraging. So it's like it's been kind of interested in plants from about ten. I started foraging at about sixteen, and then started growing at about
0: twenty four, five, six mm-hmm. kind of time. Yeah. How was it that you got into foraging? Where were you kind of learning from? Or was it very much kind of a going out and exploring?
1: Yeah, I think it kind of like grew quite gradually from just being interested in like plant properties themselves. Mm-hmm. So like um and I used to have I used to have this book called Teen Witch. So I used to think when I was like 13, 14, I used to think I could be like a witch or something. And I'd go around and I'd collect all these little, like, potions, like plants for potions. Yes. Yeah. I still found it when I moved, and I'm going to post it soon because it's hilarious. And it's just like these four, like, teenage girls on the front of this book, like, thinking they're witches. Um, <laughs> but in the book, it kind of had, like, little, kind of, manifestation spells and things like that, you know? Um, ward your boyfriends away or like to attract love and stuff like that. And as like a thirteen year old just like, oh that's really cool, you know. Yeah. Um, so I would just go around and collect these plants and kind of make these look like potions and stuff. So I think from learning about the properties of plants that way, when I started learning about things like magic mushrooms and plants that could kind of like change your mind, I thought that was just mental. So that's where I started exploring like more about what plants can do. Mm-hmm. And I think I got into foraging as a whole. So it kind of started with um mushrooms and psychedelic plants really because that was what I thought was so interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and it just morphed into like,
1: oh I can eat that and oh we could make that with that. And it's yeah, there's just so many things you can do with plants. And I just think they're cool. You know?
0: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And I feel yeah. like what I love the most is that the possibilities are endless it's not like oh you're going to get to one day and you're going to go right I've explored everything that there was to, to see
1: yeah and that's it and like a few years ago I started getting really into wildflowers so like I've always been really into mushrooms and and edible plants but I think flowers for me weren't really like they weren't that interesting Mm-hmm. But a few years ago I started getting into wildflowers and I'm from Kent um, and we've got this quite famous farm. It's called Ranscombe Farm and it's home to some of the UK's and even Europe's like most rare wildflowers. Oh, okay. and you can only see them when they're in season. And so the past few years I've been visiting Ranscombe uh, Farm in Kent and like hunting for these like really rare wildflowers. And it kind of becomes like this, like, cause you go mushroom hunting and that's really exciting. Um, but flowers are like, this dig and sometimes <laughs> you can go and hunt like it's not like a mushroom where you kind of you can spot them and you kind mm. of i don't know it's, it's it's just different so in spring i can go hunting for wildflowers and in summer i'll go hunting for like edible salads and then in autumn you can go hunting for mushrooms and it's just like every season there's something cool to be able to go and do and that's just what i love about foraging
0: that is amazing and I think as well it's exciting isn't it because it's it's it almost feels like quite secret because not many people know about it
1: yeah and you have to really like learn it's not like you learn about the thing you have to learn about its habitat as well what things grow with it so it all becomes like this massive connected um web that you just it's just endless learning you know yeah we have to know
0: the full story to be able to find it I guess
1: For years I was learning about mushrooms and it's only been the past few years that I've been learning to identify trees because they are so important to how and where mushrooms grow. Mm -hmm. So it's like you start learning one thing and then you're just going down a rabbit hole to like learn more and more and more. And it's just crazy. The more you learn, the less you know about everything. So
0: when (laughs) I started
1: foraging, I was like, yeah, I know loads about foraging. Now I feel like I know nothing about foraging. Like there's so much to learn
0: well because it's such a huge huge topic but then yeah. in the in the grand scheme of like the majority of people you're probably in like the top two percent of people who uh, know about
1: people have like people have specialities you know like mm-hmm. if you are a mycologist you have a special type or genus or species of mushroom that you um are an expert in you know okay. and it, because it's so wide yeah. and it's I'm just interested in all of it. <laughs> so I'm not uh, an expert at any of it. I just kind of know a little bit about everything, you know. Yeah. But, um, it'd be really cool to kind of like own a craft in and decide one thing and learn everything about it. But
0: yeah. I'm sure simple. it'll come in time. In time, yeah. you'll be like, that is that is the one. That's my my specialty. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell me about your gardening then. So you said it started about nine years ago. Did you start off on an allotment in a garden?
1: No. So... When I moved to Sheffield, um, I moved into, like, this tiny little courtyard garden. It was, like, really small. Probably, yeah, just tiny. And I just had a few pots. I used to grow, I think I used to grow like strawberries, blackberries, tayberries. Um, I had some rhubarb in pots. And I used to grow peas and tomatoes and the occasional cucumber. And these were all in pots. Um, And it didn't really get much sun, my little courtyard garden. And I did do quite well, I think. Like... But looking back at some of the pictures, I was quite amazed that I had, like, a basket of lettuce and, you know, like, a big bowl of strawberries. And I was actually quite impressed with what I managed to grow back then. But um, my ex just started getting pissed off of all the pots in the garden. <laughs> and they just kept, like, growing, like, more. And then, like, the tables would start coming up the shed. And I used to use his old bike wheels as um, support trellises. So I'd, like, nail his bike wheels onto this. And he'd be like, what the fuck is this place, Danielle? like... <laughs> So he started getting pissed off. So then I applied for an allotment, and that was five years ago now. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the time when there wasn't a massive rush for allotments. I think I just got in just before the, uh, um, the peak of it all. But I was probably waiting about six months for an mm-hmm. allotment, and then I got it. And I did actually start it with my friend Cleo, who I think maybe she did about two months. <laughs> uh, we did we did a we did a winter together and she helped me dig my first ever pond and then I didn't really see her much after that but I carried it on and um yeah I just I just love having that extra space I think going from a patio garden and just growing in containers to using earth and using the soil like that was that was a massive difference Mm -hmm. um and it's not the same like container gardening is not the same as like earth soil gardening so I think that was a big kind of like learning curve but yeah, I've had my allotment since 2017 in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I think about the same time, maybe, maybe yeah. it's what you've, or it's just maybe a bit early on.
0: Yeah, so mine's, um, I've got about, a, well, I got it on the 27th of December 2018. So I'm just a few months yeah. after really. Oh yeah,
1: no, sorry, because I think maybe, we maybe started our Instagrams around the same time, I think. Yeah, probably. So I
0: probably. my allotment
1: before because i remember when i started my instagram you were like one of the first people who i kind of like followed and stuff i think
0: yeah isn't it funny yeah i there's like a handful of people that i remember from like the very early days and like back then like i i I don't know if instagram for gardeners was quite such a thing but i definitely didn't know it was a thing
1: yeah i didn't know there was all these
0: cool people doing like really cool things and we all kind of became like little instagram friends but it was one of those things where i was like oh, I don't believe in, like, friends over the internet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Not for me. And then everyone was like, Instagram's such a toxic place. It's all about, like, beauty standards and blah, blah, blah. But then six months in, I was like, oh, Instagram gardening is just yeah. the best
1: place. but isn't it? See, I always knew there was this community aspect on Instagram and on any kind of social platform because I do the skateboarding stuff and like yeah. running is quite a massive part. And that's always kind of been through social media. So, but I didn't know that, like, people had that with gardening (laughs) yeah our skateboarders like most of the kids or not kids but you know like people our age and I just kind of assumed gardening was like a bit more stiff you
0: know yeah Um, especially because like you say before the the kind of like boom I guess like covid times was where there was that real things really spiked but like everyone laughed at me when I got my allotment none of my friends Thought it was cool. No one else knew anyone that wasn't yeah. retired who had an allotment. Yeah, so it was a of like a weird time, really, to be kind yeah. of like getting into gardening pre the boom. Because now yeah. I feel like it's really normalised. And oh
1: yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Even though it was only like a few years ago. Yeah, I did like that too. Yeah.
0: I, well, that's why I started the, my
1: different Instagram account because I have like a normal one, just my my stuff. And I think uh, I was just posting loads of gardening stuff, and people were like, Danny, where's your skate clips? <laughs> and I just like, have a different one. And I didn't think anyone would follow it, you know, it's yeah. kind of just a journal. But yeah. Well, because
0: pe- people, I don't know if people ask you now, but they go, Oh, so like, did you want to, like, is your goal that you want to be an influencer? And I was like, No, <laughs> God, no. I was like, If you'd have, if you, if I'd have said to someone five years ago, Oh, my goal is that I really want to be uh, an like influencer in the garden cringed. space.
1: <laughs> Actually, would have cringed. Yeah, yeah
0: literally. <laughs> and I mean, I still hate the word now, but um, I think it's just funny because, like, a few years ago, it just wasn't really the thing it is now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just crazy the how much work that you can get through it. You know. Yeah. Like, And you know I don't have to go to a job anymore like that's great and I think like at at first like your friends kind of took the piss a bit but now they're kind of like oh Danny hasn't got to go to work and she gets seven grand for a job do you know what I mean and it's just like yeah I think something that was kind of ridiculed a little bit a few years ago is very much normalized like you say now.
0: Definitely and I think it's amazing as well that you can It kind of allows you to live more of a life that you're doing things that you genuinely enjoy rather than like I did like my old job. People always say this Uh, like rather than going to a soul destroying job. It wasn't a soul destroying job, but it's just that kind of I feel like now everything's so much more meaningful and I'm actually excited to do all of the jobs that I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, because they're for you, you know, and it's like a great life for somebody else to kind of reap the benefits from, which is fine for a certain Amount of time, but I think it gets to a point where you do just kind of want to work hard, but work hard and get the things that you should get for working hard for. You know, yeah, often, absolutely.
0: Often to someone else higher up than you.
1: Yeah. Can um, I ask
0: what you what your job was before? Yes, yeah, so I was a screen printer. Oh, so that's amazing!
1: University. So at university, I was printmaker. I did printmaking uh, for my degree, and then. Uh, I did lots of things before that, worked in hospitality for a long, long time. Um, and then when my mum passed away, I left hospitality because I was like, I can't work with people anymore. So mm-hmm. Everyone pissed me off, like everyone. And I just couldn't deal with working with people. So I needed to go to a job where it was just like monotonous, you know. I was just screen printing. I could be on autopilot. I knew what mm-hmm. I was doing. I didn't have to talk to anyone. And it was just like, lots of people like, I oh, do why are you working in a factory? And it's like, this factory is like, the best place for me right now you know it's like I didn't have to socialize with anybody and I mm-hmm. could just be on autopilot and for me that was so therapeutic just to be able to do the same thing over and over again all day and like and that was it there was no stress because before I was like managing restaurants and you know having to do ropes for people and it was just like you just have responsibilities that I just, I didn't care about anymore. I remember somebody complained to me about their eggs and I told them to piss off. And then I went to my um, boss and I was like, I can't do this, like, I can't do this anymore. She was like, definitely go home. <laughs> <laughs> I went home for a little while and then I gave it. I gave him my notice. Um, this screen printing place that I used to work for is where I used to get my clothes printed because I designed clothes as part of my skateboarding stuff that I do. Um, I used to get them printed there. and I remember emailing them one day just saying, hey, my, my shirts are taking quite a long time to come. Um, I was kind of a bit pissed off about it. But then they were like, oh, we're really short staffed. And I was like, oh, do you need somebody to work for you? And they were like, yeah. And so then the next day I just went to have a little look around and then I got the job there. Oh, then that's amazing. And been for a couple of years. And I think I just spent that time sorting my head out a little bit mm-hmm. and also building up an idea of what I wanted to do after that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't work on my business or what I wanted to do while I was a manager of this thing, sorting out everyone else's shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I needed my own headspace and things. So I was just in this factory with my earphones in, listening to podcasts or listening to music and just deciding you know, what I wanted to do post, mm-hmm. post-printing.
0: That's you know? amazing. And it's amazing how much value just taking that time has. And I think it's quite an important skill to know when you need that time and like just go, okay, we're we're just going to do it now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I think for a long time you can kind of like push yourself into doing something that you don't want to do or the wrong direction just because maybe you think that's your way, you know. But it wasn't actually until I got made redundant through COVID that I stopped everything. Well, I didn't decide to go back to work, basically. I was like i thought that if i didn't have job security through an actual job you know i just got made redundant and if i can just get made redundant like that then i was like well, what's the point it's like i might as well try something myself mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work then i haven't got a job and i'm in the same position as i'm now do you know what i mean there's it, it made me realize that there's no such thing as job security so it doesn't matter like just do what the fuck you want basically yes because- <laughs> anything can happen and you can lose anything at any point anyway so you might as well put all your effort into something that you're really passionate about
0: you know and do that that's such a good way to think about it I actually feel like that's what I need to
1: hear right now <laughs> yeah no you're doing the best thing as well and I think it's great that yeah I think it's really good because I think it's so hard to just um have the bravery to do it basically and I didn't really I it took me to get made redundant before I was like mm-hmm. right okay I can do this so it's really brave of you to be like right I'm quitting my job and then that's it and going so yeah. yeah
0: it was a very impulsive decision it's not something yeah. that I would have it's not something that me as normal me would have ever done yeah but, but- I think it's that
1: you need that step out of you and your comfort zone to be able to actually progress and do stuff that you yeah know, that you
0: yeah I always say I was asking people I was like when do you know it's the time to like Quite your full time job to kind of pursue your dreams, and everyone's like, "Wow, well, you know, there's no such thing as the the right time. Like, yeah. you just have to make a decision." And I was like, "No, it's not the right time for me. It's not the right time for me." I went to work the next day and was like, I "Just had the worst day." And I was like, "No, it's time." And then I handed my notice <laughs> in the next day and was like, "I'm done." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think sometimes you do need little things like that. And I think a lot, a lot, a lot of times spend so long thinking about it, don't yeah. you? And Actually, you might think it's an impulsive decision, but how long did you spend thinking about it? Like, if, we, if oh, you're yeah, on, true. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's always going to feel impulsive because it's like, shit, I'm just dropping that security of getting my wage next month. Yeah, to be something that I don't know fully is going to work. So that feels impulsive, but I mean, you've probably been thinking about this for for a lot longer than, than
0: definitely. You think. I just thought it was like a few years away.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than
0: where it yeah. where it became. But um it was it was like a really invigorating experience and then things just happened to fall into place. Like the puzzles just kind of yeah. it was like a domino effect of there was me like I've quit my job and I don't really I don't have anything lined up currently. And then yeah. suddenly things just kind of started falling into place. I mean December's all naturally a, a difficult month to be a gardener, outdoorsy type yeah. person. But we're doing it okay it's not the best month of my life but we're doing okay so yeah we'll see what happens but yeah and the, I like
1: you said we're going through the worst little bit right now so it's only gonna be getting nicer as it goes on for you
0: yeah I hope so <laughs>
1: um
0: so I know it's not gardening related but I would love to talk about the skate retreat because oh yeah I think but there's there's so much that goes into it That's more it's more than just skateboarding not just yeah skateboarding but it's more than skateboarding it's kind of a whole Immersive experience.
1: <laughs> that's what I like to. Uh, one of the guests, well, well, a few of the guests, like at the last one in October, they dubbed it Skate Disney. And on the, nice. the- oh, God, this is it. This is what I want, like, this is what I want people to think it's
0: like, you know. Yes. <laughs> but, like, but without the, the tap. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Not like the commercial shit
1: side, but you know, just like the experience of it being a place and not just a thing that you do. You know? Yeah.
0: So tell us a bit about it. Like what, what can people expect if I keep wanting to book on a never skateboarded in my life, but I feel like what? I would I'd be way cooler if I'd have come. <laughs> wow,
1: well, I do so there's there's a few different elements to it. <clears throat> I run a few different types of retreats. So they run all the way from complete beginners like yourself who have literally been on a skateboard, um, to people like me who have been skateboarding maybe fifteen, twenty years, you know. So I want I, I used to work with my ex partner, we used to run skate camps for kids. And oh, okay, what, I did that for maybe eight years, and it was a residential skate camp. So we used to look after twenty to thirty kids for a whole week, and we used to um, hire out. There was a couple of places we did it. one one was a boarding school in Cornwall that was really nice, and we just have all these kids and look after them for a week, take them to the skate park, would cook them all dinner. Like I, I thinking back on it now, I get a chef for my skate routine, but I used to cook all of that food back then. <laughs> I just forgot that I did all of that. That's but yeah, crazy. I for them, and I was just like basically their mum for a whole week. Like we we didn't have to teach them to skate because these were already kids that could already skate. A lot of them were better than me, you know. We just kind of looked after them. Yeah. Um, and I did that for like seven, eight years until me and my partner broke up, and I really missed it. But I didn't miss the kid element. I didn't miss like looking after all these children and being there like surrogate mother for a week. I Didn't miss that at all. Um. And basically, I just wanted to create a place that I thought I would want to go to, you know, and I would want to visit. Mm -hmm. So I made basically like a skateboard wonderland in the forest and just kind of brought in all these natural elements like foraging and forest bathing and all the things that I do normally on a weekend. um, But kind of make it like you say, this immersive three day experience for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so we start, we we have like a learn to skate retreat and that's a, a, um, a few days long. People come and they just learn how to skateboard from scratch. That's really, really cool. We we'll get some coaches in. Yeah. Uh, but my favourite one is called Skate World and that's where we do like the foraging workshops and we go mm-hmm. through wild cooking with them. And uh, yeah, we had Ellen Mary come and do a forest bathing workshop at the last one and that was really lovely.
0: Yeah, um, she is amazing. Yeah, it's so
1: good. And they loved her. Like all of the guests absolutely loved it. I mean, it's sort of thing that we go and do and maybe we don't think about so, so, like, if I went forest bathing, I probably wouldn't be able to communicate as well as what Ellen did about why we do this and how it makes you feel and the science behind it, you know. And that's what was really interesting to the guests because it's like, even though I do this every day and I know all of the effects and I can feel the effects, like, to be able to communicate that effectively to somebody who has no idea and who might think you're a bit woo woo um, <laughs> is a really important skill. Yeah. So, loved working with her and we had a lovely lady as well called ali who's a wildlife conservationist and she came and did bat walks and um she made like sugar wine sugar ropes to attract insects and we went and looked at them at night and she made like a big moth trap as well oh wow Just cool to be able to like really hone in on all of the elements of the forest and be able to show that to people who maybe hadn't thought about it before you know not not interested but like didn't have the um, tools to be able to to do it you know or the accessibility to do it so yeah. I think it's what's important for me is kind of not just bringing skateboarding into a new audience but it's also bringing like the nature element into a new audience as well and it's yeah to combining those two things for me is just really really lovely and I just thought if I liked it then there's got to be some other people who like <laughs> that combination of things as well and I was right thankfully
0: yeah yeah it sounds like a proper like Learning journey, like you're you're there learning so many different things and a lot of things. I love learning something that I have never thought. Oh, I want to go and learn about X, Y, Z. And Mm -hmm. you're like, God, can you believe that that is how that works? And you've never in your life considered that that could be a process.
1: For sure, we had a lady who came last in in October, and she spent. I think it's. I don't want to get the age wrong, but I think she spent her forty fourth or forty fifth birthday with us. Um, and now she's booked she's booked back for next year like she'd never skateboarded before she'd just come and be like oh yeah I'm just gonna try it for my birthday you know I'm 45 yeah. when else am I gonna try skateboarding again if it's not now I'm probably not gonna try it when I'm 55 do you know what I mean so yeah. she just tried it now she's skateboarded up. now she's coming back next year amazing like, and not even on the beginner's one you know on the, the the next one which we call level up which is for like people who aren't complete beginners and mm-hmm. um, we still do have a bit of coaching but it's just cool that people are yeah taking it up and and trying and giving it a try and I think the important thing for me is um showing people that you can be any age to get into it loads yeah. of people are so, I mean I got into it late it's not late but back then it was really late so like when I started 15 20 years ago if you hadn't already been skating for 10 years by the time you were 20, you probably weren't going to be skate. Like, you started when you were little, basically. And yeah. I came in as a 20-year-old and started skateboarding. And, like, that was really weird. Um, There was no sessions for me. Like, there was nothing. You were just expected to either be at the ability that all the 20-year-olds were at mm-hmm. or skate with the kids. <laughs> and it was, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to create a space that I think if I got into skateboarding now... I'd feel welcome and comfortable in, you know.
0: Mm. So. It's almost like the opposite of gardening, where gardening was very much the older generation who they yeah. just, they expect you to suddenly. Yeah. My thing was always the older generation of gardeners, not all of them are unfriendly, but a lot of them are like, you're young, you don't know what you're doing, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, but how are we going to learn? Yeah. Like, if we don't get started now, how are we going to learn so that when we get to your age, we are the same skill level that you are because you can't have never done it when you were younger. Yeah. Like, did you just turn 60 okay. and then suddenly this thing yeah. just appeared? You just go, like, my God. Yeah. It's like the opposite of skateboarding, where it's like if you haven't been into it since you were younger.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's nice yeah. to balance it out. And I do think people should live by it a lot more of that kind of like, if not now, when? If you want to try something, try yeah. it. Like, what is the worst that is going to happen? Yeah.
1: Is like I probably live by that I think like I think when you have like a few major life incidents you start to realize that nothing fucking matters and you should just do whatever you want to do because like say it's if not now then when like yeah I think life feels when you lose people I feel like life feels shorter so you mm. want to just make sure that you do everything that you can to be able to live the life that you want to live, yeah. And not Definitely. just all bad things, you know. I mean, I wish that I started skateboarding when I was 12, 15, not 20. or like, even though that's not old now, like, at all. Mm-hmm. I still wish it was younger, but it's just that, that thing. If you don't start then, you can always start tomorrow. You
0: know? Absolutely. It's always, it's always tomorrow. Yeah. I have a little thing that, I've probably talked about this before, but it's, I'll sit there. If, if I've got, like, an opportunity in front of me, I did it with, like, quitting my job, it's like, in a year's time what am i going to regret more having tried it and potentially failed or having not tried it and still be wondering whether yeah. that might have worked out am i do yeah. it with everything now i'm like right a year from now am i annoyed at myself that i've not tried it or am i uh, am i like happy that i've at least kind of tried it and, like even if it doesn't work out at least i i have that kind of confidence yeah. of like well uh, i have no regret because i tried it it didn't work out and that's fine
1: yeah and you always learn something anyway always yeah yeah
0: so going back to the gardening um can you tell us a bit about your allotment space because again it is very cool very immersive (laughs) in your own allotment experience but I just feel like it's it's definitely more than an allotment it's really there for the wildlife it's there for you and has lots of exciting things so I'd love to hear more about your growing space
1: okay so it is um so I've I've had my allotment for five years but I've just got well I say just got I've had it a year now I've, I've got another allotment next door so my space went from 320 square meters which is already quite big for an allotment um to 640 which is massive oh wow yeah it's massive so, so it's like I'm now I walk in now and it's just like and I, I think about how I only when I had one half and I, I think like wow that was so small like I think if I didn't have all this space to walk around now, I'd be in this little, like, which isn't little, it's massive, but I've just gotten used to such an expansive kind of space. Um, But anyway, it's kind of, I I plant it up as like a forest garden. Mm -hmm. So my, I use lots of layers in my garden. So um, I don't take out any of the trees. I utilise all of the trees and all the shade spots um, and kind of make my garden fit into kind of emulate how a forest system would work you know so I try not to do too much maintenance I just try to do light pruning every now and then and I try to let the forest kind of like take care of itself because that's what you would do in a forest you know and I try to plant lots of um, perennials as well mm-hmm. because in a forest and again you don't come across many annual flowers or many annual plants it's quite rare really in a forest it's mostly perennials and regenerative things that come back all the time and um, so I try to kind of copy that in my space as well Um, and it's just really cute. It's just got lots of little winding paths and loads of little trees that kind of like willow over, and it's just lovely. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of sheds on there, about four ponds, and like I say, I just really try to lend it to the wildlife as well. So I'm not even I'm not even massively worried about how much I harvest and like Mm -hmm. the food. It's that's really like secondary to me. I'm not bothered about it. Obviously, it's amazing when you come home with like baskets of food. Yeah, but for me, it's the time I spend there that's just really important to me and seeing all of the animals come in that's that's like the most joy for me yeah
0: you do have the most amazing videos as well of the wildlife on your plot
1: and then the time people think how do you get such good shots it's like oh, I've probably taken 100 and this is just the one that's turned out good yeah <laughs> Every time with them yeah
0: so uh, I love it and then obviously the newest addition to the allotment is the wood-fired bathtub
1: oh yeah the the bathtub so that a I sorted that out in April last year. Mm-hmm. This year. April this year. So it's coming up to its year anniversary, but that's been amazing. Yeah. I had visions of having a bathtub in the snow. So I went up there yesterday and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have the bathtub in the snow. And I went to turn the tap and like it was all frozen. Oh no. <laughs> I don't think that dream will ever be realised down there, but um it's really cool. Like I love It it's um it's a big cast iron tub. So everyone always asks me, like, don't you burn yourself in the bath? That it's like a cast iron tub. Um and I just have like a little bit of wood at the bottom of it, or I use pine pine clippings as well. And uh, that always smells nice when you put it at the bottom. Yeah. But it's literally just a cast iron tub on feet, and I dug a hole at the bottom of it, and then I just light a fire and it's just the simplest thing ever, but it works like a cheat.
0: It looks really- amazing.
1: Yeah, I think lots of people think um like uh oh, how long does it take to heat up is the question that I get asked quite a lot and it takes about it depends how cold it is outside, but it takes between an hour and an hour and a half to heat up. and mm-hmm. um, I've got a little lid that goes on the top, so that's kinda of handy. Um yeah, it's really cool there. Huh? I love it. It's kind of like shelter so I grow lots of fireweed um as like a wall that kind of blocks out. In the summer, it's like you can't see my bathtub from the thing, it's like surrounded oh, by okay it's really cool in the winter now you probably able to see right in there but um yeah it's it's probably one of the best additions on my plot
0: I reckon in alongside the skate ramp obviously
1: yeah the skate ramp's good yeah the skate I do like obviously I love the skate ramp
0: but the bathtub's cool (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it makes a lot of sense now I know how big your plot is because if I put a skate ramp on my plot it would take up like half of it (laughs)
1: So the skate ramp's like, so I've got, so my skate ramp is 20 foot long, it's 10 foot wide. Oh, wow. It's only two foot high, so it's tiny like height, mm-hmm. really easy to skate, but it's wide and it's long, like 20 foot. So it, it takes up, it take. so in my first plot when they were split up, I had my skate ramp and then I had my kitchen at the end and that's all that I could kind of fit in the lengthways, but obviously now mm-hmm. I've got double that space. So it's like you walk into the plot and you can't see the skate ramp. It's like, completely hidden by the fruit trees and stuff that's back. so cool it's really cool so it's like when people come in they're walking through the lanes they're like oh my god you've got a skate ramp and then they're going like, oh my god you've got a bathtub and it's it's kind of like you find all these different i call them rooms in my garden you find mm-hmm. all these different rooms and it's um yeah it's quite cool
0: very cool i think very inspirational it's just that kind of thing. like just imagine walking out to your garden and you're like
1: oh what's around the corner what's around yeah well the only I did the bathtub is because um at the skate retreat where well, I, hi- I hire a place out in Norfolk it's like a huge 42 acre woodland that I hire out and they have got a bathtub that it's not uh wood fired but it's like run by their solar generator, so they just have one tap that comes up perfect temperature it's mm-hmm. like amazing but anyway the and i had a bath outside there i was just sat amongst all the birch trees and there were amanita mushrooms all along the floor and it was like i was in like a fairy tale it was crazy and i just remembered sitting there thinking imagine if i could just have this in my garden do this all the time best ever and i was like why can't i I can do what the hell i want in my garden (laughs) and then um yeah i just got my boyfriend i just said i'll keep looking on gumtree and he found Mm -hmm. one on gumtree for like 50 quid
0: that's so good
1: one day, he Facetimed me. He's like, "Look what I got you! FaceTime into the van, and there's just a bathtub in there." I was
0: like, <laughs> <We dragged laughs> That's when back. you know it's the one.
1: <laughs> yeah, we dragged it back. I made him put the feet on, and then he left me to it. And I, like, I probably should have. I, I dug. I put the bath in place, and then I dug the hole underneath the bathtub, and then I realised like it was really fucking hard to be able to do that. And I probably should have dug the bath before I put it all on top. But yeah, it worked anyway, and it's really cool. Yeah, it is
0: amazing. Um, I've never had a a bathtub in a forest or a woodland, but we went to stay in Cornwall in August, and they, was that, there were these yeah in the the big domes. Well, Ooh. they're not they're not big. They fit like a double bed and like a few small bits. But yeah, watching the sunset in that bathtub, and that was just hooked up to like it had like a hose that was connected to like some kind of boiler. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, it was really good, and then the bath just drained through the like wood floor. It just basically yeah. the plug hole was open, so when you pulled the plug, it was just drained out onto the ground. But it's it a good was, isn't it? It was. I said, I was like, I've never been more relaxed or more like at peace with life yeah. in general because it's just, yeah, it's like a perfect moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. There was um. So I had uh, there's a lady called Haley that
0: helped out with um
1: the the retreats with me and the first year she said that when she got in it she cried so she just cried because it was just like it's perfect <laughs>
0: yeah in that moment there is literally yeah. nothing that could be better because it's just yeah. incredible so fully appreciate it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I do love that maybe you'll get one on the farm one day
0: yes it ma- I was literally just thinking that before like, as you were saying would- yeah that would be the one it's like beautiful woodland all around the farm as well so like the deer come running through the field all of the Um, time like it would just be magical
1: and that's the thing that's the thing it's like when you're sat still i'm in the bath for like an hour i spend ages in there but when you're sat still for an hour all the animals come to you because they're like they're not bothered you you're like submerged in some water you're not getting out quick enough to go and shit like you know (laughs) like they're safe when you're sat there so you do end up seeing loads of loads of more animals come in.
0: Yeah, and it really encourages you to take that time because I find it really hard at the allotment to sit down and just like watch yeah. things. Yeah. I'm always you, like, you
1: sit down, don't you? And then you like spy something over there. And you're
0: like, oh, just quickly
1: get up and go and do that. And then you're doing another job for twenty minutes, half an hour.
0: Yeah. yeah whereas like... in, in the bath, you're like, I'm here now. You're I'm just naked an <laughs> and you're wet, so you're like, I'm here for, <laughs> for the foreseeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's <sighs> really nice i love it um one of the other things that i really wanted to ask you about was kind of the permaculture principles that you adapt in your adopt in yeah. your space um yeah. obviously herb spiral was inspired have my own oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i just i it's one of those things that i would love to learn more about and i feel like i don't know why i haven't gone and done a bit more research yet but i would yeah. love to hear about kind of some of the other things that you've done in your space
1: yeah so i think like with permaculture, it's like um. It's like a buzzword, isn't it? Hey, my boyfriend just bought me an SP lesson. Oh. Just pop this one out. Yeah, Thanks for blessing. Yeah, it's um so obviously I've got like a permaculture forest garden in my bio that's really just buzzwords so people can find me and yeah. know kind of what I'm about. There's so much more to my garden than just permaculture element. And I don't even utilise all of the principles from permaculture you know I don't keep animals on my plot and that's quite a big part of some of the permaculture um gardens that you'll see but like I say it's really just kind of a a keyword where people can find me and instantly kind of know the ethos sort of of my garden yeah you know there are there are things that I utilize like um let you say the herb spiral is um that's I made a herb spiral not just because it's like an easy spot to be able to pick my herbs from, but it's also a really good conversation starter. So I built my Herb Spiral. So when people come in, they'd ask me about it and I could explain the methods of it and I could explain no dig, the importance of no-till, mulch it. And it just provided a perfect kind of opportunity for me to be able to talk about my garden Mm -hmm. and it not just be a garden, if that makes sense. So I have lots of business. Know, whether that's like people coming in and skating my ramp or my friends, like I have lots of visitors, and it's a talking point. It's right in the middle of my plot. It looks beautiful. It looks mm-hmm. lovely. A little pond at the end of it, um mm-hmm. and yeah, I just kind of created it, sort of as a talking point, so people would ask more about, and then then I could share my methods of, oh, why don't you dig, Danny? Oh, why? Don't-? Yeah. And then I could say why you know like how it's so beneficial, mm-hmm. and then hopefully inspire them to kind of maybe
0: take on some take some of that on board absolutely that's so interesting that that's the reason that it's there but um makes a lot of sense yeah because a herb spiral really
1: like it should be in your garden you know the point of herbs is that your all of your things are in one place and they're easy to access they say that your herb spiral should be as close to your house or your living dwelling as possible because it's simple like that's the reason for them you know mine's in the middle of a garden half an hour walk from my house it's not the most practical I don't need a herb spiral but it's that talking point you know and loads of people ask me about it and you ask me about it and you know like it's it just becomes a thing where because it's so pretty yes um, people just want to know why you got one
0: definitely and it's one of those things that everyone loves it and everyone goes oh I could do that I've got a pile of bricks in my backyard or someone else has got some bricks that they've just knocked down a wall with so I'm going to go and get them
1: very self-contained idea of permaculture you know um minimal effort for maximum output and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what permaculture is about you know it's utilizing the elements and utilizing all of these things your garden already has to, to have the least energy output but, but still create like you know the best garden or the best crops or the best soil or whatever it is your goal is for your garden
0: oh it's just amazing <laughs> I just want to go to the allotment now I want to go and pick my herbs and make a little, yeah, little I, fresh I mint tea yeah yeah it
1: is it's lovely to be able to just go out there whenever you want though isn't it I think we're really lucky to be able to have these spaces definitely um, in Covid I felt I really felt for my friends that were kind of living in London, you know. Because mm. I was going, oh, what are you on about? Lockdown isn't that bad. Lockdown's pretty sick, you know. I haven't got to go to work and I can just walk to my allotment all day and no one's there to bother me. But actually, like, for a lot of people, that was really, really hard. And we were lucky because we had that space, you know. Yes. I think it's easy to take that for granted, isn't it? Definitely. But, um, not everybody has that access to, to that space and the private space that we've got as well. And it's not just like going – I mean, I love going to the woods and going foraging. But when I want to be on my own, I'll just walk up to the allotment because I know no one's gonna walk past me, you know, that's my space.
0: Yeah. We're really lucky to be able to have something like that. Definitely. And even especially if- like you say, with the um like with the boom where the waiting list now, even if you yeah. decided to sign up, you're probably waiting yeah months or years. Whereas yeah. like did you say you waited about six months?
1: About six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, got mine on the- straight away. Yeah. Did you?
0: Yeah, it was literally yeah. like a come and pick from three plots tomorrow. Wow, that's
1: annoying. yeah. And I know that now on my site there's they say that it's over a year wait, um. But I know people that have had their name on there for like a year and a half and they still haven't. I really but what's really annoying is that there's so many empty plots. There's so yeah. many, and I got my plot next door because it was empty for so long, um, and I actually just managed to find. The guy's details who owned the plot, and I just called him up and I was like, Stuart. Um, I found out his name. I said, like, Stuart, I'm Danny from next door. Do you remember me? Because I think I met him like once or twice. Like, in that, he's like, Oh, I remember you, love. How are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like, Uh, I've not seen you, Stuart. Are you okay? so like, oh, I've just had knee surgery. Um, and then after a little bit of a chat, I was like, oh, can, I have your, can I have your plot? And I was like, oh, I've seen it. it's a bit like, you know, it's overgrown. All the weeds are blowing into my plot. It could do with a bit of a cut down sort of thing. And he was like, yeah, crack on, do whatever you want. Um, but that should be that should be a thing. We should be able to walk around the site. though. That one's not been used for two years. That one's not been used for two years. Uh, and if someone's willing to put in the work to fix it. Just yeah, absolutely. It. A lot of the time they're like, oh, it's too much work for someone. It's like, let someone decide if that's too much work for them or not. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Because well, people Mine are, are desperate for them.
1: Yeah, and you do the work for it if you really want it, wouldn't yeah. you?
0: And it's so yeah. satisfying.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, mine was crazy, like, crazy high of brambles and nettles and stuff. And, um, yeah, it does take you a while to get through it. But once you're through it, you're like, that's it. That's your spot now, isn't it? Yeah. So I think and- yeah. how many empty nice. ones
0: Yeah. I think it's exciting as well when you're uncovering stuff because you're clearing and you don't know what's underneath. Yeah we've done it at one of the mini gardeners club gardens and every time you clear one bit of brambles it's like there's there's steps there's there's steps here There used to be steps and then we were like we found gravel we found gravel
1: it is so exciting isn't it when i was clearing out my second plot the one next door i was like cl- like clearing out a lot of the floor and then i found a bit of concrete and i was like oh i was like putting the spade in like following the concrete and i realized it was a pathway but it was a pathway that linked up with my path and my plot. No so at one point, these plots were together as one. And I just, I thought that was so beautiful. Like, I had taken over a plot and, and turned it back into its, you know, former kind of, obviously, it's not going to look anything like it did back then. But mm. the kind of, the structure, the structural paths and stuff, like, I had uncovered them and it kind of all linked up. And I just thought that was so lovely to be able to bring them back together.
0: Definitely. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was your kind of preserves and the things you do with your food. Because, oh, yeah. Um the rhubarb honey. I still have some on top of Oh my yeah,
1: did you try it?
0: Yeah, really love that one.
1: Was, um, so after a while, mine turns to like
0: honeymead.
1: Ooh. And you Ooh. had it for a while?
0: I haven't start- had it for probably a few months. So
1: it starts to kind of uh What's the word when it turns into alcohol? I don't know what that word is. Ferment. Well, I guess it is ferment, yeah, isn't it?
0: So.
1: so it starts to turn to alcohol, uh, and yeah, it's like really nice. Like a, it smells a bit beery. Oh, okay. After, it does start to like yeast up. I don't know. I don't even know like the terms and stuff for them. Um, but yeah, you. Could, it's one of the oldest forms of wine or beer or something. Mead. Hmm. Funny. but yeah it starts to ferment and kind of turns into a mead and you can kind of get a bit tipsy off it
0: nice I'll have to um give it a try when I <laughs> when I finish this when little starts,
1: yeah that's when it's good to go yeah yeah <laughs> I, um I love just making stuff yeah and I love experimenting loads of stuff I experiment with and it goes wrong or it goes moldy or it explodes I had a uh, what did I make when I was staying at my friend's house I didn't actually tell her I managed to clean it off the ceiling before she realized what was it that <laughs> It was grape juice, so I made grape juice, but I left it um, I didn't put the seal on it properly and it um fermented or fizzed <laughs> up. Anyway, I went to open it over the sink because I was like, oh, I could see that it had a bit of mold on top and I was gonna empty it away. And I was like, I just wasn't thinking for a second. I did that. I opened the lid and it just shot like all of this purple juice just shot into the air and it was absolutely covered I seen but For a second I didn't know what happened because I opened it. And then it was so quick that there was just nothing left. And I saw, like, I saw a little bit of grape juice on the side and I got my cloth and I was like, where did that go? And I, like, got a drip and I looked up and I was like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was covered in grape juice. I was like, oh, no. I like scrubbing. So, yeah, loads of things that I make doesn't work or it goes wrong, but I think that's the beauty of it, isn't it? You just keep experimenting and you keep trying. Yeah, I do be afraid to do. anything. Yeah, and I think people are so scared with fermenting because botulism, and there are like things that could maybe go wrong if the pH isn't right and stuff. But it's quite rare. It's quite rare, you know, like when you're fermenting stuff, it's quite rare for it to to go bad. Um, yeah, and as long as you're checking it and trying it, like you can kind of tell. Yeah, but yeah, I love it and stuff. I think some of my favourite things to make is probably um, wild garlic and flower syrups. So Ooh. I love making with wild garlic and i love making flower syrups because i use them in everything like ice creams cocktails drinks lemonades like i love making syrups and you can make a syrup out of anything
0: i really love the um i don't know if it was a syrup the color changing was it muscari oh yeah yeah. color changing cocktail hey you definitely do that in your mini gardens
1: club yeah (laughs) try and grow more muscari like because sometimes you can get like bulbs now that are like super super cheap yeah so if you just buy loads of them and just plant them in pots or something um you can just make loads of that stuff and then the uh ice cubes freeze as well so you can use that's them. that's such a good and idea it looks like magic you know like changing it from like a gray really boring color to that bright pink it just is quite a magical thing and i think being able to show that to people and make them excited like I posted that on my regular Instagram and loads of my friends were like oh my god what is that like I want to do that for my kids or I want to do that for my cocktail party and it's like plants are magic plants are yeah. absolutely magic you need to know how to extract the magic and then share that magic and then yeah get everybody excited about plants
0: definitely that was one of those things where I think everyone was just like "Ah, oh, that's amazing."
1: oh yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah and there's loads of cool little things like that that you can do but I love it
0: um what would you say? I know you said like the garlic and wildflower oils, but what would you say has been your favourite preserve that you've made this year?
1: My favourite preserve this year. Um hmm, I made so much for the skate retreat, like so many things. Um and the most popular thing were my wild garlic flower buds. They loved them. But I'm just trying to think what my favourite thing kind of was. Um, I love fruit leathers. I love making fruit fruit leathers. I know it's kind Mm -hmm. of a bit boring, but I love making those. Um, I love freezing, like making batches up to freeze. So um, I'd always make like herb oils and stuff like that that I'd freeze and I love doing things like that. Anything that you can just chuck in quickly is great. Yeah, definitely. I'm not really about fancy cooking. I'm just really about like hearty, easy, one pot cooking usually. So anything that I can kind of make and preserve to to help that along mm-hmm. it's always really handy
0: definitely I'm so su- I'm such a lazy cook I'm like if it if it's going to take me too long I probably won't bother yeah. or I'll just take it to my mums and be like oh do you find this yeah <laughs>
1: but that's why I love foraging and preserving things because you just spend the whole day doing it I just mm-hmm. I just I'll go foraging and then I'll, I'll literally spend a whole day just making stuff because then you can use that for months and months and months so like this year I made probably about 10 jars of different types of plum jam oh yeah. And like, I'm Oh, so I made loads of that. Um, it was just for different spices. So I do a plum and a hogweed, or a plum and angelica, and you know lots of different kind of like variations. Um, and then that's something that you can use then in your porridges and you mm-hmm. literally anything on your toast or in your tarts anything, <laughs> anything like that. So you just spend a whole full day kind of making your soups, making your jams, making your syrups and stuff, and then you've got your whole winter stock. And that's what I think is really beautiful. I love having a stocked pantry. Like it makes me. My door and I've just got all these jars of things. Like I just really, really like it, and it's it's inspiring when you're cooking. Mm -hmm. Because you've got, I love a bit of this, I love a bit of this. But even making bird food the other day, I was like getting out all these things from my cupboard, getting excited about making a little mixture for the birds. And also, I love that idea of collecting the things in the summer when they're abundant, squirreling them away, and then giving them back to the birds when they don't have anything. Like. Oh. just so lovely to me to be able to do that and yeah so a lot of the time you are foraging and you're taking it for yourself but to give it back when they
0: haven't got anything mm-hmm. I think that's really special definitely and I think as well there's something so um like satisfying about something that you have picked and turned into something and then you kind of go back to it and you're like, oh, I made this. Yeah. With and something th- that I'd freshly picked from the ground yeah. and I know exactly what's in it, I know exactly it, how it was made.
1: Yeah. And I think other people appreciate that as well. I did an event at the weekend in London at Selfridges. We did um uh, like a skate party And Did you know inside Selfridge's they have a skate park? Inside Oxford Street, Selfridges. No way. Always it, have it. Yeah, it's just there all the time. Oh. I've been Selfridges loads of times, but I've never yeah, come across it. the men's floor, if you, bother, if you care about this. But you can go to the men's floor in Selfridges and just follow the signs that say Skate Bowl. And they're on the signs, like, you know, men's wear, women's wear, whatever. Mm-hmm. It just says Skate Bowl. Um, and it's just really crazy. Like, you're walking through all the clothing and then you go into the Skate Bowl and you can see all the shoppers outside. It's oh, really wow. Um, but I went there the weekend and we did an, an event and I did a bit of baking for the em- event. We always do like a Christmas bake-off. Um, and I used, I made some like little hearts, pastry hearts. I put it on my Instagram. I saw them. Yeah. So I just, inside that was just my plum and hogweed jam. And I was telling people at the event that, oh, they're plums from my Lotman. No one cared about all of these chocolate cakes that they'd got from like Lolita's Cupcake Plants <laughs> or whatever. They wanted like the homemade, humble, homegrown plum jam biscuits and stuff and it's just really nice. I think people appreciate that, don't they? They're yeah. like, Oh, these are garden, Danny. Oh yeah, let me have one of these. And yeah, I think people are excited about that idea, aren't they? Yeah. Definitely.
0: And I think so much more now, well, I've talked about it so much recently, but it's that like almost revival of like we've gone from everyone was all about mass produce kind of like yeah. commercial right, just like consuming and consuming. And now it's going back to that kind of we're all becoming a bit more patient. We're willing to wait for things that are, like, handcrafted. Yeah, or Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I, I do wonder why that's
1: kind of, like, come about again, but I'm not complaining, I love it.
0: No, me neither. And I think it does us all so much good to have that kind of, rem- like, reminder that, like, good things come with your patient. <laughs> yeah.
1: It takes time. You can't just have everything, like, right there and then. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've become accustomed to that with, instagram and social media and stuff haven't we definitely but that's but... what makes gardening great isn't it because you, yeah. can't mush, you have to sow your seed and you have to wait for it and you have to do all these things before you can actually finally eat the thing that you've spent months growing you know it is a it's a very patient kind of hobby
0: i think that's definitely what it, gardening has taught me is patience yeah i think as well because it's so many people think of it as like a spring summer autumn kind of hobby to be like yeah. in the garden but if you just spend a bit more time kind of planning and like researching and looking for other things it really is it all year round where you don't i think the patience thing is there's so much other stuff going on in the garden that yes you're still aware that those seedlings are taking a while to germinate and they're growing quite slowly but, but there's so much down. other exciting stuff yeah. happening that you kind of you're not just sat there going when is this seed going to germinate yeah when is it going to germinate? Is it going to germinate today? Is it going to germinate in the and next
1: ten minutes? It, you first start gardening, isn't it? Because that is what gardening is to you. When you first start, you just like round Yeah, that you're not doing all the other things. And then that kind of comes as you learn, doesn't it? It's like, oh I actually need to set this up for this to go quicker. And you know, what happens when this is ready and my pot you know my plant pot's not really. you've got to get everything kind of yeah it's a timing game and I think that's something I'm still really working on is getting like the timing stuff that doesn't come quickly you don't learn that straight away you know I've been gardening nine years and on my allotment for five yeah I still haven't gotten proper succession sowing on my winter crops and stuff like that you know that's still something I'm learning every single year and it takes time
0: that done I feel like the winter crops are like when when I finally crack the year growing of the winter crops, it would just be the best year. Yeah. Every year, it's something that I'm like, I will do it this year. I will, I will, I will. But it's never yeah. happened yet. But I really—it's like it. the the creme de la creme of gardening if you yeah. can grow things through the winter. Yeah.
1: And I've got a lovely polytunnel now. So that was the first year last, the first year this year that I've had a polytunnel. I've never had one before. Um, And that was my plan for this winter. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to grow loads of salads every winter, 100%. But then we didn't move until, you know, two weeks ago. And, like, we missed the boat sewing. And it's like, do you just feel like, there's always something in your way. But, like, next year is going to be the year we do it, I reckon.
0: Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So, so on that note, what are you most excited for in 2023?
1: Um, I am excited to be able to just go to my allotment when I want. You know, and for how long I want, because yeah. the past felt like. Even though I did, even though I shouldn't sniff at what I've done last year, I did. I managed to get a whole plot sorted. You know, I got a whole plot from brambles and nettles to a working plot done in that year. So I did okay, but I still didn't grow everything that I wanted to grow because I was putting all the groundwork in for that. So I think mm-hmm. this year, now my allotment's only half an hour away. I can nip up there really quickly um I'm just looking forward to being able to spend time there and getting the groundwork sorted and getting everything in place and not feel like I'm just constantly playing catch up you know because I feel like that's what I was doing getting a taxi over like half an hour every journey and it was just taking a long time and I just felt like I was playing catch up the whole the Mm -hmm. whole time yeah now I feel like I've got some time to to spend up there and I think I just want to get the polytunnel sorted properly grow some good things in there this year I really want to get some melons growing yes and I've grown a couple my first year was the best year that I tried and that was in 2018 but then the summer went really badly and I didn't manage to get to the plot for a while and all of my melons died but that was like the first year I tried it mm-hmm. I had all these fruits and I was so excited and every year since I've not managed to have the same success so I think I'm going to really concentrate on like my polytunnel fruits this year um and yeah I just want to get the kind of at the minute, it's still kind of in two halves, so I just want it to all flow a little bit nicer. Get that all done, but I'm just excited to be up there a bit more this year. I think.
0: Yeah, spend time doing the things you love.
1: Yeah, that's it. More baths, more baths up there. A bit more space. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a great year. I I feel yeah. it in my bones. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. It has been such a pleasure to chat to you.
1: Uh, yeah, i'm glad that we finally caught up if you've enjoyed listening today please do subscribe to keep up to
0: date up with upcoming an episodes and for a each share comment and style rating makes such a difference in helping new growers to find the podcast and learn from all of the incredible guests who have been featured in the meantime i'd love to hear any of your stories and questions on instagram at diary of a lady gardener or via email diary of a lady gardener at gmail.com that's all from me this week happy growing